humans the rich variety of living organisms with which they share this planet never cease to astonish and fascinate the common man would find it hard to believe that there are more than 20000 species of ants 3 lakh species of beetles 28000 species of fishes and nearly 20000 species of orchids biodiversity in our biosphere immense diversity or heterogeneity exists not only at the species level but at all levels of biological organizations ranging from macromolecules within cells to biomes biodiversity is the term popularized by the sociobiologist edward wilson describe the combined diversity at all the levels of biological organization the most important of them are first genetic diversity a single species might show high diversity at the genetic level over its distributional range the genetic variation shown by the medicinal plant rolfa vomitoria growing in different himalayan ranges might be in terms of the potency and concentration of the active chemical reserpine that the plant produces india has more than 50000 genetically different strains of rice and 1000 variety of mangoes second species diversity the diversity at the species level for example the western ghats have a greater amphibian species diversity than the eastern ghats third ecological diversity at the ecological system india for instance with its deserts rain forests mangroves coral reefs wetlands estuaries and alpine meadows are has a greater ecosystem diversity than a Scandinavian country like Norway it has taken millions of years of evolution to accumulate this rich diversity in nature but we could lose all that wealth in less than 2 centuries if the present rate of species loss loses continues the biodiversity and its conservation are now vital environmental issues of international concern as more and more people around the world begin to realize the critical importance of biodiversity for our survival and well-being on this planet Fifteen point one point one. How many species are there on Earth, and how many species in India? Since there are published records of all the species discovered and named, we know 
how many species in all have been recorded so far but it is not easy to answer the question of how many species are there on earth according to the iucn 2004 the total number of plants and animal species described so far is slightly more than 1.5 million but we have no clear idea of how many species are yet to be discovered and described estimates vary widely and many of them are only educated guesses for many taxonomic groups species inventories are more capable in temperate than in tropical countries considering that an overwhelming large proportion of the species waiting to be discovered are in the tropics biologists make a statistical comparison of the temperate tropical species richness of an exhaustively studied group of insects and extrapolate this ratio other groups of animals and plants to come up with a gross estimate of the total number of species on earth some extreme estimates ranges from 20 to 50 million but a more conservative and scientifically sound estimate made by robert may places the global species diversity at about 7 million more than 70% of the all the species recorded are animals while plants including algae fungi bryophytes gymnosperms and angiosperms comprise no more than 22% of the total among animals insects are the most species rich taxonomic group making up more than 70% of total that means out of every 10 animals on this planet seven are insects the number of the fungi species in the world is more than the combined total of the species of fishes amphibians reptiles and mammals it should be noted that these estimates do not give any figure for prokaryotes biologists are not sure about how many prokaryotic species might be the problem is that conventional taxonomic methods are not suitable for identifying microbial species and many species are simply not culturable under laboratory conditions if we accept biochemical or molecular criteria for delineating species of this group then their diversity alone might run into millions although india has only 2.4% of the world's land area its share of the global species diversity is an impressive 8.1% that is what makes our country one of the 12 mega diversity countries in the world nearly 45000 species of plants and twice as many of animals have been recorded in india if we accept may's global estimates 
only 22% of the total species have been recorded so far applying this proportion to india's diversity figures we estimate that there are probably more than 1 lakh plant species and more than 3 lakh animal species yet to be discovered and described consider the immense trained manpower taxonomists and the time required to complete the job the situation appears more hopeless when we realize that a large fraction of these species faces the threat of becoming extinct even before we discover them nature's biological library is burning even before when we catalog all the titles of all the books stocked there Fifteen point one point two patterns of biodiversity. First, latitudinal gradients. The diversity of plants and animals is not uniform throughout the world, but show a rather uneven distribution. For many groups of animals or plants, there are interesting patterns in diversity. The most well-known being the latitudinal gradient in diversity. In general, species diversity decreases as we move away from the equator towards the poles. With very few exceptions, tropics latitudinal range 23.5 degree north to 23.5 degree south harbors more species than temperate or polar areas. Colombia located near the equator has nearly 1400 species of birds while New York at 41 degree north has 105 species and Greenland at 71 degree north only 56 species. India with much of its land area in tropical latitudes has more than 1200 species of bird. A forest in a tropical region like equator has up to 10 times as many species of vascular plants as a forest of equal area in a temperate region like the midwest of usa the largely tropical amazonian rainforest in south america has the greatest biodiversity on earth it is home to more than 40000 species of plants 3000 fish of fishes 1300 of birds 427 of mammals 427 of amphibians 378 of reptiles and of more than 125000 invertebrates scientists estimate that in these rainforests there might be at least 2 million insect species waiting to be discovered and named ecologists and revolutionary biologists have proposed various hypotheses some important ones are a speciation is generally a function of time 
unlike temperate regions subjected to frequent glaciation in the past tropical latitude have remained relatively undisturbed for millions of years and thus had a long evolutionary time of species diversification b tropical environments unlike temperate ones are less seasonal relatively more constant and predictable such constant environments promote niche specialization and lead to a greater species diversity and c there are more solar energy available in the tropics which contributes to great higher productivity thus this in turn might contribute indirectly to greater diversity second species area relationships during his pioneering and extensive exploration in the wilderness of south american jungles the great german naturalist and geographer alexander von humboldt observed that within a region species richness increased with increasing explored area but only up to a limit in fact the relation between species richness and area for a wide variety of taxa angiosperm plants birds bats freshwater fishes turned out to be a rectangular hyperbola on a logarithmic scale the relationship is a straight line described by a equation log s is equal to log c plus z log a where s is equal to species richness a is equal to area z is equal to slope of line that is regression coefficient and c is equal to y intercept ecologists have discovered that the value of z lies in the range of 0.1 to 0.2 regardless of the taxonomic group or the region whether it is the plant in britain birds in california or mollusks in new york state their slope of regression line is amazingly similar but if you analyze the species area relationship among very large area like the entire continents you will find the slope of the line to be much more steeper z value in the range of 0.6 to 1.2 for example for frugivorous fruit eating birds and mammals in the tropical forest of different continents the slope is found to be 1.15.1.3 the importance of species diversity in the ecosystem Does the number of species in a community really matter to the functioning of the ecosystem? This is a question for which ecologists have not been able to 
give a definite answer. For many decades, ecologists believed that communities with more species generally tend to be more stable than those with the less species. What exactly is stability for biological community? A stable community should not show too much variation in productivity from year to year. It must be either resistant or resilient to the occasional disturbances, natural or man-made, and it must also be resistant to invasions by alien species. We don't know how these attributes are linked to species richness in a community, but David Tillman's long-term ecosystem experiment using outdoor plots provides some tentative answers. Tillman found that plots with more species showed very less year-to-year variation in total biomass. He also showed that in his experiments, increased diversity contributed to higher productivity. Although we may not understand completely how species richness contributes to the well-being of an ecosystem, we know enough to realize that rich biodiversity is not only essential for ecosystem health but imperative for the very survival of the human race on this planet. At a time when we are losing species at an alarming pace, one might ask, does it really matter to us if a few species become extinct? Would Western Ghats ecosystem be less functional if one of its tree frog species is lost forever? How is our quality of life affected if, say, instead of 20,000, we have only 15,000 species of ants on Earth? There is no direct answer to such naive questions, but we can develop a proper perspective through an analogy, the river, the rivet popper hypothesis used by Stanford ecologist Paul Enrich. In an airplane ecosystem, all parts are joined together using thousands of rivets species. If every passenger traveling in it starts popping a rivet to take home, causing a species to become extinct, it may not affect flight safety proper functioning of the ecosystem initially. But as more and more reverts are removed, the plane becomes dangerously weak over a period of time. Furthermore, which rivet is removed may also be critical. Loss of reverts on the wings, key species that drive major ecosystem functions, is obviously a more serious threat to flight safety than loss of a few rivets on the seats or the windows inside the plane.
15.1.4 Loss of Biodiversity While it is doubtful if any new species are being added through speciation into the earth's treasury of species, there is no doubt about their continuing losses. The biological wealth of our planet has been declining rapidly and the accusing finger is clearly pointing to the human activities. The colonization of tropical Pacific islands by humans is said to have led to the extinction of more than 2,000 species of native birds. The IUCN Red List 2004 documents the extinction of 784 species including 338 vertebrates, 359 invertebrates and 87 plants in the last 500 years. Some examples of recent extinction includes the dodo, Mauritius, quagga of Africa, Thalassemia of Australia, Stellar sea cow of Russia, and three subspecies Bali, Javan, and Caspian of Tiger. The last 20 years alone have witnessed the disappearance of 27 species. Careful analysis of records show that extinction across taxa are not random. Some groups like amphibians appear to be more vulnerable to extinction. Adding to, date, to the data, grim scenario of extinction in the fact that more than 15,500 species worldwide are facing the threat of extinction. Presently, 12% of all the bird species, 23% of all mammal species, 32% of all amphibian species and 31% of all gymnosperm species in the world face the threat of extinction. From a study of history of life on Earth through fossil records, we learn that large-scale loss of species like the one we are currently witnessing have also happened earlier, even before humans appeared on the scene. During the long period, more than 3 million years since the origin and the diversification of life on Earth, there were five episodes of mass extinction of species. How is the sixth extinction presently in progress different from the previous episodes? The difference is in the rates. The current species extinction rate are estimated to be 100 to 1000 times faster than the pre-human times and our activities are responsible for the faster rates. Ecologists warn that if the present trend continues, nearly half of all the species on Earth might be wiped out within the next 100 years. In general, loss of biodiversity in a region may lead to a decline in plant production, b lowered resistance to environmental perturbations, 
such as droughts and c increased invariability in certain ecosystem processes such as upland productivity water use and pest and disease cycles causes of biodiversity losses the accelerated rate of species extinction that the world is facing now are largely due to the human activities there are four major causes the evil quadrat is the sorbiquet used to describe them first habitat loss and fragmentation this is the most important cause driving animals and plants to extinction the most dramatic example of habitat loss comes from the tropical rain of forest once covering more than 14% of the earth's land surface these rain forests now cover no more than 6% they are being destroyed fast by the time you finish reading this chapter thousands more hectare of rainforest would have been lost the amazon rainforest it is so huge that it is called the lungs of planet harboring probably millions of species is being cut and cleared for cultivating soya beans or for conversion of to grasslands for raising beef cattle besides total loss the degradation of many habitats by pollution also threatens the survival of many species when large habitats are broken up into small fragments due to various human activities mammals and birds requiring large territories to certain animals with migratory habitats are badly affected leading to population declines second overexploitation humans have always depended on nature for food and shelter but when needs turn into greed it leads to overexploitation of natural resources many species extinction in the last 500 years for example stellar sea cow passenger pigeon were due to the overexploitation by humans presently many marine fish populations around the world are over harvested endangering the continued existence of some commercially important species third alien species invasions when alien species are introduced unintentionally or deliberately for whatever purpose some of them turn invasive and cause decline or extinction of indigenous species the nile perch introduced into lake victoria in east africa led eventually to the extinction of an ecologically unique assemblage of more than 200 species of clipped fish in the lake you must be familiar with the environmental damage caused and threat posed to our native species by invasive weed species like carrot grass parthenium lantana and water hyacinth acornia the recent legal introduction of the african catfish clarias garipinus for aquaculture purposes 
is posing a threat to the indigenous catfishes in our river. Fourth, co-extinction. When a species become extinct, the plant and the animal species associated with it in an obligatory way also become extinct. When a host fish species become extinct, its unique assemblage of parasites also meets the same fate. Other example in the case of co-evolved plant pollinator mutualism where extinction of invariably lead to the extinction of other. Biodiversity Conservation 15.2.1 Why should we conserve biodiversity? There are many reasons, some obvious and others not so obvious, but all equally important. They can be grouped into three categories, narrowly utilitarian, broadly utilitarian, and ethical. The narrowly utilitarian arguments for conserving biodiversity are obvious. Humans derive countless direct economic benefits for nature, food, cereal, pulses, fruits, firewood, fiber, construction material, industrial products like tannins, lubricants, dyes, resin, perfumes, etc. and products of medical importance. More than 25% of the drugs currently sold in the market worldwide are derived from plants and 25,000 species of plants contribute to the traditional medicines used by native species people around the world. Nobody knows how many more medicinal useful plants are there in the tropical rainforest waiting to be explored. With increasing resources put into bioprospecting that is, exploring molecular genetics and species-level diversity for products of economic importance. Nations endowed with rich biodiversity can expect to reap enormous benefits. The broadly utilitarian argument says that the biodiversity plays a major role in many ecosystem services that provides that nature provides the fast dwindling amazon forest is estimated to produce through photosynthesis 20% of total oxygen on the earth's atmosphere can we put an economic value of this service by nature you can get an idea so by finding out how much your neighborhood hospitals spend on a cylinder of oxygen. Pollination, that is without which plant cannot give us fruit or seeds, is other service ecosystem provides through pollinator layers, bees, bumblebees, birds and bats. What will be the cost of accomplishing pollination without the help from the natural pollinators? There are other intangible benefits that we derive from nature. 
the aesthetic pleasures of walking through thick woods watching spring flowers in the full bloom or waking up to the bulbul song in the morning can we put a price tag to such things the ethical argument for conserving biodiversity relates to what we owe to millions of plants animals and microbes species with whom we share this planet philosophically and or spiritually we need to realize that every species has an intrinsic value even if it may not be of current or any economic value to us we have a moral duty to care for their well-being and pass on our biological legacy in good order to the future generation Fifteen point two point two. How do we conserve biodiversity? When we conserve and protect the world ecosystem, its biodiversity at all levels is protected. We save the entire forest to save the tiger. This approach is called in situ, that is on site conservation. However. when there are situations where an animal or plant is endangered or threatened like for the organisms facing a very high risk of extinction in the wild in the near future and needs urgent measures to save it from extinction ex situ that is off site conservation is the desirable approach in situ conservation faced with the conflict between development and conservation many nations find it unrealistic and economical not feasible to conserve all their biological wealth invariably the number of species waiting to be saved from extinction far exceeds the conservation resources available on a global basis This problem has been addressed by eminent conservationists. They identified the maximum protection certain biodiversity hotspots region with very high level of species richness and high degree of endemism that is species confined to that region and not found anywhere else. Initially 25 biodiversity hotspots were identified but subsequently nine more have been added to the lists bringing the total number of biodiversity hotspots in the world to 34 These hotspots are now regions of accelerated habitat loss Three of these hotspots Western Ghats and Sri Lanka Indo-Burma and Malaya cover our country's exceptionally high biodiversity regions. Although all the biodiversity hotspots put together cover less than 2% of Earth's land area, 
the number of species they collectively harbor is extremely high and strict protection of these hotspots could reduce the ongoing mass extinction by almost 30% in india ecologically unique and biodiversity rich regions are legally protected as biosphere reserves national parks and sanctuaries india now has 14 biosphere reserves 90 national parks and 448 wildlife sanctuaries india has also a history of religious and cultural tradition that emphasized the protection of nature in many cultures tract of trees were set aside and all the trees and wildlife within the within were venerated and given total protection such sacred groves are found in khasi and jaintia hills in meghalaya aravalli hills of rajasthan western ghat region of karnataka and maharashtra and the sarguja chandra and bastar areas of madhya pradesh in meghalaya the sacred groves are the last refuges for a large number of rare and threatened plants ex situ conservation this in this approach threatened animals and plants are taken out from their natural habitat and placed in special settings where they can be protected and given special care zoological parks botanical gardens and wildlife safari parks serve this purpose there are many animals that have become extinct in the wild but continue to be maintained in zoological parks in recent years ex situ conservation has advanced beyond keeping threatened species in enclosures now gametes of threatened species can be preserved in viable and fertile condition for long periods of time using cryo preservation techniques egg can be fertilized in vitro and plants can be propagated using tissue culture methods seeds of different genetic strains of commercially important plants can be kept for a long period in seed banks biodiversity knows no political boundaries and its conservation is therefore a collective responsibility of all nations the historic convention on biological diversity the earth summit held in rio de janeiro in 1992 called upon all nations to take appropriate measures for a follow up of the world summit on sustainable development held in 2002 johannesburg south africa 190 countries pledged their commitment to achieve by 2010 a significant reduction in their current state of biodiversity loss at global regional and local levels
Summary Since life originated on Earth nearly 3.8 billion years ago, there had been enormous diversification of life forms on Earth. Biodiversity refers to the sum total of diversity that exists at all levels of biological organization. Of particular importance is the diversity at genetics, species, and ecosystem levels, and conservation efforts are aimed at protecting diversity at all these levels. More than 1.5 million species have been recorded in the world, but there might still be nearly 6 million species on Earth waiting to be discovered and named. Of the named species, more than 70% are animals, of which 70% are insects. The group fungi has more species than all the vertebrate species combined. India, with about 45,000 species of plants and twice as many species of animals, is one of the 12 megadiversity countries of the world. Species diversity on Earth is not uniformly distributed but shows interesting pattern. It is generally highest in the tropics and decreases towards the poles. Important explanation for the species richness of the tropics are Tropics had more evolutionary time. They provide a relatively constant environment and they receive more solar energy which contributes to greater productivity. Species richness is also a function of the area of the region. The species area relationship is generally a rectangular hyperbolic function. It is believed that communities with high diversity tend to be less variable, more productive and more resistant to biological invasions. Earth's fossil history reveals incidence of mass extinctions in the past, but the present rate of extinction largely attributed to human activities are 100 to 1000 times higher. Nearly 700 species have become extinct in recent time and more than 15,500 species of which more than 650 are from India currently face the threat of extinction. The cause of high extinction rate at present include habitat, particularly forests, loss and fragmentation, overexploitation, biological invasions and co-extinction. Earth's rich biodiversity is the vital for the very survival of mankind. The reasons for conserving biodiversity are narrowly utilitarian, broadly utilitarian and ethical. Besides the direct benefits that is food, fiber, firewood, pharmaceuticals, etc., there are many indirect benefits we receive through ecosystem services such as pollination, pest control, 
climate moderation and food control we also have a moral responsibility to take good care of earth's biodiversity and pass it on the good order to our next generation biodiversity conservation may be in situ as well as ex situ in in situ conservation the endangered species are protected in their natural habitat so that their entire ecosystem is protected recently 34 biodiversity hotspots in the world have been proposed for incentives conservation efforts four of these three western ghats sri lanka himalaya and indo burma covers india's rich biodiversity region our country's in situ conservation efforts are reflected in its 14 biosphere reserves 19 national parks more than 450 wildlife sanctuaries and many sacred groves ex situ conservation methods include protective maintenance of threatened species in zoological parks and botanical gardens in vitro fertilization tissue culture propagation and cryopreservation of gametes do not forget to favorite your favorite podcast that is my podcast